This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. I'd like to shout out the biggest villain I know. It's the person that talks during the movie. Oh, that Makes, guy sucks. I hate that guy. And guess what? It's often me. Oh, anyway, no. And you know what? If I could talk to that guy, I'd say, how do you sleep at night? That's what I would say to this scourge of a person. <laughs> but I know what the answer already. I know the answer. Mattress Firm. Mattress mm. Firm has quality mattresses at every price for your best rest. Yes, even those who don't deserve to rest, like that person who talks during the movie, even they can get the bed that will make it happen from Mattress Firm. See a lower price at another retailer? Mattress Firm will match it up to 120 nights with their low price guarantee. Get matched at Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale and sleep at night, even if you're a bad person. Restrictions apply. See mattressfirm.com or stores for details. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Cedric the Entertainer, and I feel short and indifferent sometimes sometimes angry about being conan's friend <laughs> fall is here hear the yell back to school ring the bell brand new shoes walking blues climb the fence books and pens i can tell that we are gonna be friends yes i can tell that we are gonna be friends Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Need to go and leave you all alone. And we, oh, oh, I'm on turn on, baby. Is it good to you? Did he buy you so high school? we're waiting on you. Yeah, I'm yeah. working this oh, out. I I'm see. trying to get this into the like mode. This is like rehearsal. Okay. You think what I, I do is easy? You think I just open my mouth and babble like a baboon? No. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, my God. When you die, they should give your brain to research. There we go. <laughs> I think research should take my brain long before I die. It's not helping me out any. <laughs> Look, this was all good stuff, and we didn't record it. Cause we are recording. We are recording. We, we got are. this. You Keep rec this in. This is all in. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> we were getting ready to record an episode of Gonna Buy Needs a Friend, but I started babbling, mm -hmm. and I was doing some kind of song with a hey, little girl is a day at home. Need to go. Did I was I doing that? You were. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If we can clear that. Do we have to clear it, or is that not matter on your, the podcast? Your version of it is so far removed from hey, the original. Hey, little girl, today at home. Need to go. We're leave you all alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, mine is sort of like a hoedown. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. That's weird. Under eight seconds, we're fine. Let's You just keep described going. my wedding night. Oh, boo! Yay! Funniest joke boo. in the world was just told by Conan O'Brien. And now it's a song. Now it's a song. And now it's a rap. <laughs> okay, let's stop. That beatboxing is the best, oh, right? Oh, is that what that was? That was his No, no, beatbox. that was me having I an- I thought there was a loose clothes dryer somewhere. <laughs> That was anaphylactic shock. Many times I've had an adverse reaction uh, to like a peanut butter that uh -huh. I was supposed to eat and I start going, 
and people s- gather around me and start rapping. Is that what that? Well, what what is what would it sound like if you tried to beatbox? <laughs> oh, so the exact same thing. Okay. Yeah, I like to do little. It sounds and looks like you're on an iron lung when you do that. <laughs> but a, a high end iron lung. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. When I had an when I had an iron lung as a child, it was the Cadillac of iron lungs. Oh, it was nice. a really good one. Does anyone even know what an iron lung is anymore that we're talking to? We have we have but such I a young fan base respirator right yeah it was a giant box they put you in that helped you breathe back yeah. long before there was a real respirator but it looked like you were encased in a giant i don't know it looked like an old boiler there's one in the big lebowski oh okay there you go yeah. well then people do know what it is because everyone people know them. what the big lebowski is anymore? i don't know we've got to make no, sure our references are cool cool and up to date that's yeah. what we have to make no, sure people know the big lebowski that's how that's what i learned when i learned what a white russian was oh. yeah it's made with Kahlua. And then you met your husband. <laughs> yeah. Huh? A what white happened? Russian? What? <laughs> oh. Oh, my God. He is oh Russian. And he is white. He's, yeah. he's a That's... Soviet. He's not a Russian. What's the difference? Yeah, really. What do you mean, what's the difference? That The Soviet Union was a, a lot of different countries. And so people from, like, you know, Moldova aren't Russian. They're Soviets. I understand that. Does he consider himself? Th- by the way, this intro is all over the map. <laughs> We're beatboxing. We're talking about the breakup of the former Soviet yeah. Union. Iron lungs. Iron lungs. Mm-hmm. This is a mess of an intro, and I love it. Yeah, it's good. This is uh, the Jackson Pollock of podcast <laughs> intros. It's just a bunch of splatter on a canvas. Did you even start the podcast? Did you say what the podcast was called? Oh, if and- people are listening to this and don't know what it is, yeah. fuck them. Well, they've also I mean, downloaded I'm serious. It. And you did. You- they downloaded it, and my face is on it, and... If someone's going, what is this? Conan hasn't properly prepared me for what I'm about to hear. Now we're talking. Here he goes. This is what I've been trying to get you to be. First of all, what is a Conan? You see that that scallywag that replaced Letterman in 93? Because I won't have it. Second of all, what's a podcast? Where's Walter Cronkite? I'm upset. Where's my phonograph needle? <laughs> well, this is Conan O'Brien. Mom to Conan O'Brien needs a fan. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Jesus this is great. Christ. I love this. Oh, this, this is the way it should this be. This is the way all the intros should be. Oh, man. This I is just, Pulitzer stuff. This I just is, want yeah. to know how that guy even found the podcast. I mean, I don't oh, get it. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no. It's like one of his grandchildren got into his Stutz Bearcat, and, and they just had Bluetooth put in it. And he was like, he got it to the front and turned the crank and fired it up and he got in and he heard me babbling about iron lungs. Oh, I remember having one of those as a child. They have a Stutz Bearcat with Bluetooth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm saying his grandson put it in. His grandson okay. installed it. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he's like, what is this tooth of blue? <laughs> Whose voice am I hearing? What an irritable woman she is. <laughs> Papa, Papa, Grandpapa, that's Conan. This is a podcast we're listening to. Well, I'll take you for a ride because it's Sunday and that is our tradition. But listening to this man is just terrible if he is indeed a man. Now remember, you'll get a lot of inherited wealth and then you'll go to the Ivy League school, I declare. Yes, grandfather. Oh, here he is. <laughs> oh, hard right turn. Kid falls out. Don't worry, there are seven more of those back at the estate. Good thing we're real breeders. Anyway, uh, if you can decipher this intro, good luck to you. Because I sure can't. What a 
What a bag of mush that was. And yet indicative of the quality of this podcast overall. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We've caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. A man freestyling with his two chums who add up to 8%. I'm telling you with the three of us. <laughs> Well, that's a lot that's when you think generous. about it. That yeah. is generous. No, I know. Yeah. Gorley's a solid six. Oh, I'm only 2% of it. I think in the state of this intro, this is a compliment, meaning we're not contributing to this absolute horseshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> when the episodes are good, you guys are contributing yeah, like yeah. 70%. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, we should get going. Let's and again, uh, very interested for fans to diagram what just happened in this intro. Flow charts. Flow charts. Venn diagrams. Oh, yeah. And also things where you have photographs and there's yarn connecting them. Oh, yeah. When you're looking for a serial yeah. killer. Yeah. Do that with this intro because, good Lord, I don't know what happened. Hey, my guest today, look at me. I'm professional all of a sudden. This is a hilarious <laughs> actor and comedian. Now he has a new novel, Flipping Boxcars, available September 12th. I adore this man. I'm excited he's here. Cedric the Entertainer. All right. Well, I'm so glad you're here because we have a lot to talk about. First of all, you're a genius because you named yourself Cedric the Entertainer. Man. That is the smartest move anyone's know. made in the history of show business <laughs> because no one can question it. It's like, no, it's on my tax return. It's it. I am the entertainer. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. You know, and it actually kind of happened, though. It was weird. It was weird because another dude called me that first, and it was it was only because I didn't have a lot of jokes. I used to sing a lot and, yep. and you know, do poetry on stage, anything I could do to fill up the time. And so I just told dude, don't call me a comedian, call me an entertainer. And that's how it happened. So, and I just kept the name from there. But then like when I first got to Hollywood, they definitely wanted me to change that. That was like, you know, all the agents is like, no, go by your government name, Cedric Schaefer. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not Schaefer. (laughs) You know, I tagged you for a Schaefer. The minute you walked in, I tagged you for a Schaefer. I'm like, like my, this guy's Jewish. My, I know it's it. It's already been a hard time finding my dad as it is, but that would be, <laughs> no, it's that just, would have been even more of a challenge. Also, I, like, I love, sure, Bob? I love like you go to these people for creative advice and their advice is use your government name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Yeah, what are you exactly. talking about? I think so. I wonder what Bono would do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Patty like, O'Malley. Yeah, you know, come who on, wants that's to great. Hear, no, no one wants to hear who that guy. Hear a rock dude say, hey, Patty. <laughs> <laughs> give us another one. Yeah, give us another one. Think about the Joshua tree. Uh, but really, like when you're out there and, and bored and living there, and it's it, that version. You are hilariously funny. First time I saw you, and, and you really came to my notice was, and, and I want to go back before that, but Kings of Comedy is when... I felt like, who is this guy? Yeah. And I didn't know. And I thought that was such a great film because uh, it it featured you all so brilliantly. It showed that you are, you still are the kings of comedy. It's yeah. amazing. It's a beautiful thing. Man, no, that was such a unique What year time. was that? Was That's that late old, 90s or early 2000s? Early 2000s. Okay. We, we started the tour in the late 90s. It was so 98 was the first dates, but we didn't shoot the movie until like 01, right mm-hmm. at the end of 2000 to, to 01, right in there. And so, you know, fun time, man. You know, comedy was growing. Uh, you know, the the idea that shows like Def Comedy Jam had started to really put like black comedians yep. in the in the forefront of uh like just having an audience that was our very own. So, you know, when we by putting us all together, we were able to do arenas. 
And it was a few people that had done, you know, of course, Dice and, and Eddie Murphy, I think Martin had done arena tours, but nobody kind of did it like this, you know, like a, like Coachella, like we, yes. you know, you got a lot of your favorites there at one night. And so that, that was fun. That was rock star stuff, man. We, we had a blast on that tour. And, I also and, think it, it, it blew up awareness, this, that, yeah. that needed to happen. It blew up awareness in a really beautiful way that, uh, that you guys are a force. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, and, uh, it's, you weren't trying to, you weren't trying to get other people into the tent. You were saying, we don't fuck that. We don't need that. Yeah. We're, this is what we do. We're hilarious. And, uh, and look at this whole world that follows us and you should be here too. I remember being, thinking, Jesus Christ, these guys are a phenomenon. Yeah, I think, you know, you're right. And I think that was really what, what became a catalyst to opening up. You know, of course, we had like, um, you know, you know, the networks with like WB and UPN starting to, you know, like create shows sure, right. uh, for, uh, you know, like predominantly African-American families. But it definitely opened up this idea like comedy is not like the 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 evening at the improv way which yep. is the only way you can get on television right, right. If back then you do even at the improv and try to get picked to be on carson or yes. leno or something like that and then you know you 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 came along at a time when it was far you know things you, were, you were one up. of us that's what makes you cool then <laughs> that's what everybody goes everybody you know i'm just saying in the hood everybody goes trust oh. me Everybody goes, oh, Conan O'Brien? Oh, he's yeah. one of us. He's one of us? Oh, I swear to God, I get that all the time. Don't laugh, Sona. I get that all the time. When I go it, to the hood, a, a when I go to the hood, it's, people are like, I mean, oh, good, you're yeah, back in the yeah, hood. Yeah, you're back. And everybody's like, yo, yeah, I mean, I go in the barbershop. You see Conan lately? I'm like, yeah, hey, man, that's my, that's my N-word. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Sona, how many times have you been looking for me and I've been at the barbershop? Oh, yeah, oh, so many Constantly. times. Just shooting, just shooting the shit. Shooting, yeah, just hanging out. Getting a, getting a nice fade. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. I need a fade. I need a fade so badly. <laughs> you should go like to Philadelphia where they do the linings, where they yes. line up. You You haven't had facial hair in a long time, though. No, I shaved it off it? a long Yeah, I did. I had a beard for a while, and then, uh, and then I shaved it. Uh, Will Ferrell actually said, Shave it or I'm coming on the show and I'll shave it. And I didn't shave it. So he came on the show, brought a barber chair and shaved wow. me. And it was hilarious. That's and then great. I thought, once Will Ferrell shaves you, you can't go back. No, that's it. That's it. No, so that's I was it. done after that. Uh, but uh, I have to say, um, the other thing that has always impressed me is you have such amazing style. You really have, fan I mean, even the hat you're wearing right now oh, is fantastic. Yeah. This, these are fun. These are fun. This is a, a good friend of mine, uh, this guy, uh, James Keith. The, the, the company is named Keith James. But he, you know, he came up with this red bottom hat like a few years ago. And it was me and Floyd Mayweather. We kind of jumped on early. And then everybody, you know, it's a very popular hat, the red bottom hat. So this is this is cool. You can go and grab That's it. That's a very cool looking hat. Yeah. I don't think I could pull it off. I think you have to be able to pull it off. And when I put yeah. a hat on, I look like a child that stole his father's hat. <laughs> That's what it, lo it looks like. You know what I mean? It just does. And I've got a massive head, so even a big hat looks like a yarmulke on me. So, yeah. Which you can relate yeah, to, Mr. Yeah. Schaefer. But, you know, it's amazing because I'm, I'm curious. That was something you were interested in even as a, as a young man, as a kid. You were very interested in style. Yeah, yeah. You know, we I grew up in a... Um, 
a small town in Missouri, Carruthersville, Missouri. But my mother, who was probably, you know, I guess in her generation, was one of the first people to kind of go away to college and then mm-hmm. come back. Yep. And so she, she, you know, she didn't know how to do the order from the catalogs. And, and, you know, so people would normally shop at the little local store in town. But my mother would be like, you know, ordering from magazines. And so very early on, I can remember having like nice outfits when I go to school, right. third, fourth grade, like people would know me for my clothes. And so... It's not like the, like today's generation where you got to have like the the top thing, you know, like everybody like you go, you got to have Jordans or these shoes. It's just like you just wanted to have something different than the other kids. Yeah. And so I think that became, a, you know, a part of like my identity for sure. And then coming from St. Louis, that was another thing too. like Midwest was very I remember, like, my family would dress up on Saturday mornings to do nothing. Like, you would go by, and you're like, where, where, where are you going? No, nowhere. Just full-fledged, beautiful outfits on. And that was kind of the way. Like, people love to show off their clothes. So so I think I, I brought that to the stage. Uh, and it was good because I think very, like, right after me, the, you know, the kind of jeans and t-shirt thing became very popular and i, I kind of like that i'm not that i treat going on the stage more like a yes. professional yes yeah i always like even to this day if i'm doing if i'm on stage i like to put on a tie mm-hmm. and sometimes i'm wearing it with a jean jacket but i'm wearing a tie because sure. i like to create the difference between it's like if you get up at the altar or something in church yeah you you, you want to have a little bit of that feeling of separation that i've I'm dressing up to go do this thing that's very important to me. Yeah. And, and you have to show it in very small ways. Um, but, you know, I I didn't get, I didn't realize how much clothes could influence a person. I, I had no, I had no clothes. I was nude for years. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't until I was like in my late 20s. Ladies and gentlemen, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Then shrieks, <laughs> shrieks. Uh, he's I can, not wearing anything. I can see his veins. <laughs> Here, take my yarmulke. <laughs> Cover that thing up. Cover your other head. Uh, so I was, I was. Uh, no, but it's true that I, uh, I didn't have a sense. And then I remembered uh, getting some important gig and going and needing a suit and going out and buying like a nice suit and I put it on, but I was in my late twenties before I owned like a really nice suit. And I remembered thinking, this makes me feel better about myself. Oh, definitely. It, it, and uh, it, it was as much for me as for anybody else. And I think when you get up on stage and you know, you want to, I don't know, you want to feel like you look good. It helps anything, any, you'll take anything that will help a little bit. No, definitely. I, that's so important. I, and I, I don't think people like take that into account anymore. Like, cause it's just really a world where you can just show up with whatever you got on and everybody's just like, it's all about the artist, which is fine, you know, but I, I say that same thing. I remember when those like suit warehouse places kind of came on, you mm-hmm. could get like three suits for a hundred bucks or whatever. Yeah. And I used to like, um, sell fax machines. Like I used to sell, uh, like uh, the the Rico fax machine, and I remember having one of those suits, and I lucked up and got one like a a Zanuti or some some brand that felt like it was like, ooh, this is really Italian. Right. But I remember that particular suit made me feel extremely aristocratic. Like I was like, <laughs> oh, the laugh changed. I did that laugh actually. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, come on. <laughs> 
Yeah, anybody can get a message from you. Like, just put this in there. <laughs> this is going to be the thing for the next seven decades. You'll, uh, you're going <laughs> to. The fax is never going away. Never going out. You're going to need this. Trust me. This, you can own this forever, fam. <laughs> you were a claims adjuster for State Farms Insurance. Oh, for a yeah. While. Yeah, yeah, yep. That was, uh, and that was. That were was you good? Real. Were you a good claims adjuster? No. No, no. Let's just get that out there. And, and, you know, in case anyone's trying yeah, to hire case, you, yeah. in let's case get that somebody's out there now. still in a rental car, yeah. you know, which is probably the kind of stuff I would do. I would just, I would just like, I was, I was like one of those claims adjusters. just like, you give me any hard luck story. I'm like, okay, sure. That makes sense. And I, <laughs> to, to the point that one year, <laughs> a mummy, a mummy <laughs> stole oh, yeah. your house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. I get it. Mummies. It's been a rash. <laughs> Trust me, I see it all the time. I haven't seen. I got files just stacked up over here. You're good, but uh, I definitely people would would start to, to come to me around uh, prom and graduation time and have these made up accidents so that I can get them rental cars for their kids to drive. So you know, and I knew that's what was going on. So uh-huh. they like, oh, you know, I got, somebody ran into me at the grocery store. I'm like, okay, got it. We'll. Uh, We'll uh, say that your car needs a two-day thing, and go ahead, rent the Cadillac for the door. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, give you an upgrade. <laughs> thank you. It's, for- it, it's prom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. State form was like, uh, yeah, no. Not, okay, not, so, not cool. But, but, you know, but I was able to, you know, I was able to do that for a while. That was a fun, that was a fun kind of professional gig where you did learn you know like all the differences between people's personalities because car people are exactly kind of who you think they are like corvette people are the super the best if you you know you can't tell a corvette person anything they they drive a corvette yeah you like we didn't have ferraris in 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 you know in st louis so that was rare if i met a ferrari person i would be in awe to this day i've never driven any of those fancy cars. Really? I've never driven a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a Bugatti or any of those. I, I don't even know what it's like to drive one. I don't know that I've been in one. Yeah, I be, I had a Ferrari for uh I had a Ferrari for like maybe a couple of months. It just it kept breaking. It was weird. I don't know. I felt like I had a lemon or something, so I didn't really keep that one. And then I got in a Lamborghini one time and you know, it's so low. It, it just really wasn't made for, you know, brothers of my girth. Uh, so <laughs> so it was quite a, embarrassing. You know what they should do? They should make it's a- like you pull them in a three hundred three hundred $300,000 car <laughs> and then got to do some kind of drop and roll. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. The valet yeah, is yeah, like, yeah, yes, like, yes, yes. Thank you. Hey, 9.8. 9.8. Like <laughs> once I put the gas in, I'm waiting till everybody else leaves before I get in, you know. They should have uh, tailors for cars. They should have <laughs> yes, people that, you know that, what yes. I mean? Like, you want a Ferrari? I make you a Ferrari. <laughs> you know, and they measure you, and then they get you that uh, slightly wider, rounder Ferrari. I love Giuseppe. That's yeah, who, that's I love who, Giuseppe. That's who's making oh, the Ferrari. You like a Ferrari. You like a Ferrari. Oh, I make you a Ferrari. <laughs> Giuseppe, thank you. Oh. Uh, thank you, Giuseppe. For you, Mr. Entertainer, yeah. anything. Uh, but of course. <laughs> Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? 
I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think CarShield. CarShield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, Mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call CarShield and choose the mechanic to do the work. CarShield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need CarShield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So CarShield it would definitely come in. Handy. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, CarShield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, You reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people, no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified Unified business business management management suite. suite. You said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis. NetSuite.com slash Conan.
lot of us listen to comedians and watch comedians when we're younger and we get, we sort of start to zone in on different people. Who was it for you when you're a young man or a late teen or whatever? What do you, who are you watching? Who are you listening to? Well, the key, I mean, who's, who's, the, of, who's the couple of figures that the, really the, pop for you? Probably the most, uh, you know, prevalent, for, foremost one is the late Robin Harris. Mm -hmm. um, that's who I kind of really decided, you know, that I can do comedy. I emulated him. He was just, he was a regular dude that was funny. So he came off like a, like an uncle or a cousin. Right. And it became a delivery. Now, of course, I loved Eddie Murphy. And then Richard Pryor would be one of your first, one of my first introductions because, you know, my uncles would be playing the albums and you would listen and hear it. And so, of course, those guys... Uh, were one Eddie Murphy was just extremely the most talented person ever. You know, he could yes. sing, he would do sketches, he could do stand up. He was just like, oh man, this the dude. But he was definitely a, a superstar from the very beginning. So, you know, again, coming from St. Louis, you just don't see yourself as that dude. Like for whatever reason, he's like, he's a star. He's from New York. That's a, another thing to climb to. But, but. Robin Harris was from Chicago and he would come on stage just like as a regular dude, like, like your uncle, your cousin. I was like, Oh, if you could do it like that, then. So he became the person I kind of based like why I can do comedy mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and, and then really took the, uh, the steps to move forward because I saw him do it and he became my favorite. And you were, I think if I, if I know the story correctly, you go to a comedy club and the guy, and it was in maybe Texas, and the guy working the comedy club or booking it is Steve Harvey. Yes. And that's how you guys met? Yes. So yeah. so, so you went there and you basically said, can I get up on, on stage? And you, they said, you have to go talk to Steve Harvey. Yeah, it was, I, actually I was in Dallas to do a different club. And when I got there, uh, I was the opening act and it was a new ownership. And he was like, well, I don't, I don't use, you know, non-local opening act, sorry. And I was like, what? Like, bro, I drove 10 hours. I was supposed to, you know, I was supposed to make $350 for 19 or 17 shows. I don't know how, you know, they would just abuse you back then. Come do 11, do 14 shows and we'll give you $300. <laughs> so, all right, thank you. You know, so. And half a milkshake. Yeah, yeah. Don't man. ask where the other yeah, half went. Do not. Do not. Has <laughs> this been opened? Hey. None of your yeah, fucking yeah. business. Do you want it or not? You're like, all right, I'm thirsty. But, uh, but, but Steve was starting his own little comedy night at a, at a, a bar club kind of situation. And he had had a, a couple of weeks where he was killing it. I knew knew of him. He was like the big name of a comedians that was out. And so I went there and, you know, it was one comedian that, that introduced us, you know, just via like, hey, you need to hear about this guy. And he, and he told me about Steve. So I was like, yo, I know this guy. And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, come on in. And it just so happens that the headliner that week was not doing well. And so he was like, you think you can handle this crowd? And he said, I'm going to put you up st on stage to do five minutes. And so I went up and I killed it. And he just told me if I come back every night, if this guy doesn't do well, I'm going to put you on stage. And so that's, I never really hoped for somebody to do bad, but man, you talking about Juju. I like come like every night and just look at that guy like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh God of failed jokes and punchlines. Isn't that a terrible feeling? Because so we've bad. all had we've all had like. it. I like to think I'm a good person, but we've all been in those situations where we're like, please, 
please fail. fail. Exactly. <laughs> it was so bad. But it but it was it was one of those situations where yeah, Steve and I became very close from that because he I ended up going and doing well. He gave me a couple of hundred bucks to get home. And then they brought me back to headline like a few months later. And so, and then our relationship started from there. So we just ended up being friends. And you guys have been tight for yeah, ever since. Ever since. That was that was probably late 90s. And you, um, is it true you guys vacation together? You'll yeah. go, what's that like? Yeah. What's it like when you two just hang out on a beach? <laughs> well, you know, Steve is definitely became a super fashion person now. So now it's like too much anxiety of me trying to figure out what my outfits are going to be. <laughs> Wait. It used to be just like cool <laughs> me and buddies, but like now he's like become some fashion icon. And so like, like I can't even be near him without like having my drip right. Like I'm like, so it's like you know, the whole time before the vacation, it's like, okay, does these shorts go with that? What shoes should I? I'm not going to. Go. <laughs> also, you're looking out the window with binoculars. What's he wearing? Yeah. What's he wearing? I, I don't want to show up at dinner. I don't yeah. want to clash. I don't want to match. Is that, is that a cape? Is he? <laughs> is that a flowy cape? What is going on? Like this dude is like killing the game, man. So, so, but no, but we usually golf, laugh a lot. You know, you know, just have a good time. You know, he 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 he's he can gamble too, and I'm not much of a gambler, but usually whenever I'm gambling with Steve, I make money. So that's the only time that I like to kinda go because he'll be like, you know, he plays cards and and, and he'll show me like do this, do that, and I'm like, All right, well, cool, I just won. But I would never do it on my own. Like I'm not a I'm not a gambler. Like I'm not that. either, but if I'm around someone, I just tell them, please tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. And if it goes badly, I have someone to hate. Which makes it work out. Yeah, I like had it. I had some the last trip. We were in the Bahamas together, and I actually, when I was leaving, I had like maybe like three thousand dollars worth of chips in my pocket and totally forgot. So it was like, what did I do with this? So I looked like a big timer because I was just like giving people chips on the way out. You know, like, you go, man. Thanks, bro. Except for the bags, my man, take that. Here you go. Here you go, customs agent. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't look in that bag. All right, but here you go. It's not a bribe, my friend. It's just a chip, but take it over there. Has he, uh, I, I, I would think, the one thing I think of when I, when I Steve, see Steve now, it's always Family Feud. I see him doing Family Feud. And, yeah. and, I, and the one thing I worry about is that doing a gig like that over and over and over again would just would like start to get to your mind. You know what I mean? I worry sometimes that like it would <laughs> you, that you I, talk I, to people. I, yeah, exactly. That I, yeah. I don't know. That just over and over and over again yeah. doing the family feud would would change. Top him five some. appetizers before you order. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get it on here. Let's get it on. Come on, Sona. Come on up here. Give it to me. Uh, Top five uh, appetizers. Buffalo wings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Buffalo wings. Number two. <laughs> French fries. French fries. Let's give it to me. Caesar salad. Then you give him one that clearly disappoints him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stewed tomatoes. <laughs> Stewed tomatoes. Oh, hell yeah, no. I know that ain't up there. You know he's doing yeah, that when he... You know, and you know if you wake him up at three in the morning, that's what that's he's like. That's how he wakes up. Yeah, yeah. and the survey says... <laughs> You can't, you can't ask them a question without it being phrased like. 
Yeah, that's probably so true. And, he, and they do a lot of them at once, too. That's the other thing. Like, when they shoot yeah. those shows, that's they, how like, they block do it. them. Like, so, so you're right. I think in that period of time, it, it just got to be in your head because you're doing, like, a hundred. Uh, sometimes they do, like, a hundred and six shows in a matter of, like, three months. So just day every day, like, popping them off. like boom, boom, Right, and then boom. change suit and act yeah. like, okay, now it's Christmas yeah. time, even though you're shooting it in July. <laughs> You know, you just keep going right. and going and going. Exactly. We should do the podcast that way. Oh, we should okay. do we should do like thirty <laughs> never, a day. Never stop. Cedric, you gotta go. We got someone else coming <laughs> yeah. in in eight seconds. <laughs> eight seconds. They're just stacked up like planes oh, on the wow. airport. <laughs> yeah, just the amount of guests that you have. Like just and I don't even know what there. I'm doing. I, I start to forget who's who. Who's the pilot yeah. that yeah, flew exactly, me home. Exactly. Asking people the wrong questions Asking about the wrong, the wrong questions. Yeah. yeah. I got my yeah. barista coming up next. Uh, <laughs> and it's just the guy from today, not the my regular baristas. It's a, it was a random stop, and I told him to come on this show. Just get in there. Get in there. Well, so you, ordered, you know, uh, you know coffee? Know. Go, go. I ordered a latte. What's in a latte anyway? <laughs> What's in a latte? Why? And why a latte? Why is the name? Seems weird. It seems lazy. With coffee, it's opposite. When you look at it, latte, you know. Thought it was supposed to get me up. Okay, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, I'm done with thanks you. Thanks a lot for nothing. Who's next? It's revolving. No, director Werner Herzog. Get in here, yeah. Werner. This is madness. This is insanity. Shut up, Werner. I got to ask you about a friend of yours, Tracy Morgan, because yeah. he's a friend of mine as well. And I just, I know you've worked with him on The Last OG, and it's yeah. just... He's this guy who I, if 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 Tracy wasn't famous, I couldn't explain him to anybody. Is that it's is so that right? True. I just talked to Tracy the other day, so I called him just on some random. Hey, bro, checking in. You know, and he just goes like you've been having a conversation. Said it don't make no sense. You know, <laughs> it's just the way that it is. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got it. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. That's a lot of money for fish. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, he's oh he's really into the fish. Oh, he's into the, the fish. The fish is, uh, are crazy. You know, like, I'm telling you, this is a true story. Well, during uh, COVID, when everyone was, we were doing the interviews, and uh, you'd be people would be on Zoom, and I'm talking to him, and he's talking and being crazy. And that's crazy enough. Just right. trying to talk to the man is insane. Talk to Tracy Morgan, have a conversation with him is insane. And then a barracuda swam behind him. Yeah. And I was like, what the? And he was like, that's my fish tank. And it's not a fish no, tank. It's, it's a fish tank the size of this studio that's yeah. in his house. Yes. And it's got sharks and barracudas. It's like he's a yeah. James Bond villain who's, you know what I mean? You look up and it's like groups of kids doing field trips through there. <laughs> it's a very odd thing. Like, it's such a big fish tank in someone's house. You're like, is that one Khan Academy kids? Who are these kids? Why do they have uniforms on? Like, <laughs> and the fish have names. And, oh, yeah. and, they're, and they're usually rarer than just what you say. Yeah. It's not just the barracuda. It's some crazy, unique barracuda. Cuda right, that he's found, you know, off the shores of seashell or somewhere. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you're like, what? He's, he's like, yo, yo, that's 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 Myron, that's my man's right there. <laughs> yeah, it's Myron. He's a barracuda. He's a barracuda, but he get everybody pregnant. <laughs> 
He get all the other fish pregnant. <laughs> Who's it? He was on the podcast. He did a podcast in uh, New York City, yeah. and he came on, and he I, I hugged him when he came out, and he smelled. I got a thought. He like he had this powerful cologne on. I'm like, what is that? And he said, it's jupe. And you know what? He holds it for yeah. a long time, and he looks at the whole crowd, and he's just was telling us, jupe. It's jupe. And he made half the segment about jupe. jupe. Yeah. And jupe was delighted. Yeah. Because oh, no one's yes. talked about jupe in a in long years, time. Exactly. Yeah. But he gets into something and he can make. Yeah. You can barely get that in the middle of the mall nowadays. I don't yeah. even know. Well, we, they sent us a crate. Oh, oh, <laughs> he sent good. you a bottle. He's still a classic. Bottle. It's yeah. a classic, too. It's still it's one of those ones like Chorus and jupe and Lagerfeld. Those were the ones when we grew up on. Smelling great and groovy. Yeah. <laughs> Obsession. I put a little on and uh, didn't say anything, and I went home to my wife. Yes. And, Come uh, on, man. No, it didn't go well. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> she made me yeah. check into a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a cologne guy. I'm not a cologne guy. Yeah. I have my own odor that's tough enough. <laughs> <laughs> I smell like onions and fear. <laughs> It's a nice combination. combination, Oh, the combination. That's what people don't know. Like It's it's like mixing uh, colors in the crayon box. It's great. It's great. Onions and fear come out. You know, I heard you say once, which I really liked, you were talking about how, um, with the exception of that guy who you needed to knock out in order to uh, get your start (laughs) in show business, that is a rare exception for you because you, you don't root against other comedians you're happy for them yeah. to do well because your theory has always been you know it's like that that concept that a rising tide lifts all the boats yeah you're rooting for other people to do well you think it's going to expand the space uh yeah for sure i think you know i mean because you know creativity is is definitely that like if you're around creative people i mean just like this vibe you know like the energy lifts up you yep. start saying things or doing things that you would never have thought of before so you know it's great to be around like people that are that 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 they can be young or older, but they bring in a good vibe and good energy, then you know that's usually gonna in- inspire you to to go higher. You know, so that's why I like that. That's why I kind of love that attitude of like when people are killing it or they bring something new to the game or something like that. You're like, yo, let's go. I like that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I think that's a great attitude. Uh, I'm gonna pretend to have the same attitude. I like it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I actually, I really do. I, I, I like to root for people, and it's, and it's just like the, in the time that I've known Kevin Hart, he went from being, you know, this guy that would come yeah. on our show to, uh, he's, I, I think he's basically has the gross national product of like a, a fairly well-to-do country now. Yeah, you know, like he's, like... it's, he's everywhere. He's in every commercial. He's in every oh. single commercial. And they just switch out what he's holding. He doesn't even know. They, <laughs> they take out one credit card and they put a different one in. Uh, but he has such a positive energy. And I get, I always get energized when I'm around him. Yeah. Because it's coming from a good place. He just, uh, oh, he, he, this is what he loves. He's no, on f- that's, and that's what's so great. I think that a lot of people too, like Kevin literally is one of those people, like you go, uh, you know, He's the same person as when you kind of know, knew him back when. Yep. You know, even though he's like extremely successful and really rich, he really is very approachable and and regular dude. And he'll go like right into, his, wait, like, what did you say? That's bullshit. Like he's yeah. he's right there and connected. Yeah. Uh, he starts giving me shit about like what I'm wearing immediately in this very friendly in touch way. 
Whereas, as we all know, people that have hit it and then something happens. It's like they yeah. go behind a, a bubble forms around them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be less of that, I guess, probably nowadays with, you know, with social media, the opportunity where people kind of know you a little bit more. But I think you're right. I think that it used to be being a star meant you had to be a little more reclusive. You had to give off this persona of I'm um, kind of other than, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more than the average person. But now I think, you know, if you do that to somebody, you know, like at a damn Starbucks, then, you know, you big time them, then, you know, they can light you up all day on, you know, and next, you know, it just starts a wave. You're like, no, I just didn't see you, you know, yeah. I had my sunglasses on or whatever, but, you know, I, I think you gotta, you gotta protect yourself as a human being. Like, you know, I, I was always one when my kids were little and I was a stickler for, you know, like making sure that people understood I was with my children. Like, yes. let's try to get at some, get at some merit, guys. Like, it's not a, that I don't want to take pictures with you or, you know, but, you know, I'm with my little kids. Like, you know, I'm not going to. I find like, that mostly people respect that yeah. for the most part. And if they don't, that's telling you something about it's them. It's about them, right? Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're the target. You know, so that's the hard thing, you know, until I turn the target on you. Jesus, what happened here? Yeah, you? Huh? you totally on, switched. Yeah, you all right? What happened? Yeah. You off your meds? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was curious about something because you've done, clearly you love getting out in front of a crowd and doing stand-up, but you've also had this success with The Neighborhood, which is now going into its sixth, I think it's sixth season now, which is, you think about it, for a television show, sitcom to go six seasons yeah. and and be chugging along and doing well, that's an achievement. How do you feel about that process? The process of, okay, we're going to work on it for a week and then we're going to shoot it, which is very different. Yeah. Very different from, I'm going to get up on stage. This is all me 100%. I've, some, I've sometimes found, I just love to be me. Yeah. And then what if I'm in a situation where they say, okay, we're going to change it so that you have to behave yourself, <laughs> yeah. enter and hit your mark. I realize, oh, I'm a chimp. <laughs> I'm a chimp uh, on a, some kind of cocaine. I'm not supposed to do that. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's something that, you know, it was definitely a part of my kind of like trajectory. Like, so, you know, like coming up when when I did it, that was the goal as was to get a sitcom. So I got, uh, you know, I was able to be on the Steve Harvey show pretty young in my career and then, you know, was able to do a lot of television afterwards. So I actually loved that process, yep, yep. Uh, you know, and getting to like a show like The Neighborhood, like being on a major network and uh, having a great cast. Like, that's the other thing. Like, everybody's, like, super pros. They came from other shows to Sheena and Max and Beth and uh, even the, the the two young sons, uh, Sheon and Marcel. These are all, like— And, and Max is—I have to yeah. say, Max is an off-the-charts performer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. I used to see him on New Girl, mm -hmm. and he's just—he's— just brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he's a kind person and funny and easygoing, and just keeps life simple. That's that's what's really so so wonderful. So we actually operate in that space. So you know, to, to be able to take a script and then you know shape it and tell the story of these 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 two neighbors getting to know each other and becoming friends and what happens, it, it's been it's been a, a blessing, man. So I I really appreciate. That you know the show works, you know that people tune in each week, and that and that we get to do it, uh, and that the network is behind it, like they pushing for it. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get back to work as soon as the strike over. I also, it's also, uh, it's about something. You yeah, know? it's about something that we need to keep talking about. And I don't mean 
to, to find comedy in it, I think is much more powerful than lecturing people or exactly. trying to have a, you know, it, it's talking about, uh, you know, uh, people of different races living in the same neighborhood and how are they, how is it all being worked out and what are the issues? And without being preachy, just being funny. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the truth, man, because I think that's when the show first, you know, when it first came to me, that was kind of like the the idea. And, you know, we were, we were, we definitely went through a phase where this idea of race separation and sexuality, you know, who, who, you know, people felt like they had to draw these hard lines in the sand if you were this or you were that. And it was like, no, people are humans. And like, what if that person was your neighbor? You would have a totally different feeling about some, in which we do usually, you know, when it comes to sexuality or if there's somebody, your friend and you work with them every day or you live next to them or they married into your family somehow, you don't look at them as some big group of people. You look at that person. You yeah. already know. If you're sharing space with yeah. them, if you're breaking bread with them, yeah, if you're yeah. asking them, can I use uh, your garden hose because mine's split, it's going to, yeah. yeah. then suddenly everything is quite different. Exactly. And I think that, you know, a lot of times we kind of like get put in these, like these barrels of groups and people feel like they have to define themselves by the group, you know? And I think that's the idea of the show is to show like, the humanity and the people. And then, you know, of course we think we have group think, but then we kind of, we all are these individuals and, and inside that is where the relationships are. Mm -hmm. And so let's build from there, you know? So uh, I think that that's really been the fun part of the show. Some of the things that we try to attack, you know, we're both, you know, we're both married on the show. We both had kids. We're homeowners. You know, we're trying to figure it out. His his wife is more the breadwinner. So he's got that kind of, you know, thing that we have to kind of figure out, like, what's that story we're telling there? Uh, you know, in, 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 you know, how life has changed where, you know, it used to be one way. And now, you know, your wife can be the breadwinner in the family. Does that make you less of a man? Mm -hmm. Like these kind of things. And so we have a... Uh, we we have those kind of things that we've been able to have fun with, like you say, to not be preachy about it. Just tell tell a good funny story and then be like, "All right, that that was worthy." So let's talk about because this is you. Tell, we've been talking a little bit about how you make these jumps because you clearly like to try things. You like to you know expand uh, your you know your abilities and say like, "Okay, what can I try now?" You you write uh, a book, fiction. Yeah. Okay. And what's cool about it is. Uh, it, it's not at all what I expected because I don't even know what I expected. But first of all, I think okay, it's going to be your life story. No, it's not. It's a it's a it's a book of fiction. And then I think okay, it'll be about a comedian who nope, nothing like that. No, it's incredible uh, flipping boxcars, and it takes place in 1948. Yeah, and it really feels like you know this world. You really know these people, and the language. I mean the 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 terminology you're using because i love 1940s 1930s yeah. 1920s slang i just love it and when I, I love to use it uh, i love to i love people not to know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> um but in this one uh people are really using what sounds like very legitimate real language tell yeah. us a little bit about the story yeah so th this is the story uh, about loosely based on, on my grandfather mm -hmm. who i never met uh, but you know, I would hear these stories from my mother and, and my uncles and relatives and my grandfather passed before I was even born yet. Uh, you know, as I started to like, kind of come on my own rise, I would actually get these, I'll call them machinations, but be like daydreams of him 
like very vividly, you know, doing things like I could see the suit he had on and, and what he would say in a certain situation. And so, uh, you know, I would just jot them down sometimes. And so that really became the the basis of this book, because some of these some of these stories are based off real things. And then what I decided to do was create a fictional tale around the 4th of July in 1948 of him on this caper to try to make it. You know, and it takes place in in your in Carruthersville, Missouri, in your hometown, real town where right? I grew up. This is in, after World War Two. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, and the central character is Babe Boyce. That was my grandfather's real name. That's what they called me. His name was Floyd Boyce, but everybody called him Babe. And he was known as Babe Boyce, and he was like a famous gambler. And this was like dice, but, you know, it would be uh, likened to the way we know poker players today, like famous poker players. Right. But back then, if you threw dice, you were you were known. And he was one of those guys. He he was a businessman. He was a, a, a bit of a gangster. He was a... Uh, a civic man for the like the black side of town you would go to him and he would he would you know he he would know how to get people's gas turned on and and you know get a fire truck over to the city side of the town like he was just a mover and a shaker like that and these were real stories that i would hear about and then i just kind of told it as this fictional tale so that's but it's funny because you it it revolves around this fourth of july celebration and you talk about all these things that really uh, that you've seen there was like a yeah. a greased pole that people were yeah. trying to climb <laughs> yeah, I never, and, and i'm thinking like eh, this didn't happen in brookline massachusetts <laughs> yeah they were, oh, they, I, they, they, I, I don't think this is true it didn't happen in my neighborhood yeah those were the kind of you know those are the kind of carnival fair carnival yeah. games you know but the greased pole like you would slide up a greased pole and you would win and it was like one guy that was the hero like in, in his family is kind of legendary down there the agnews and so the you know this guy was always could win like he could climb up this pole faster than anybody but it'd be a greased pole a real contest <laughs> that was his claim to fame hey come on somebody had to be the guy you know he had a big banner out front of his home home of <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the greased pole champion you know you ride yeah, when he would walk into the when he, when he would walk into the bar the piano player would stop oh, dun, dun, oh, everything oh. would freeze yeah like watch it it's greasy pole johnson <laughs> So I love this. There's a glossary of terms in the book. And the, my favorite one is the term for a blowhard or a braggart. A guy who talks a lot is a gum beater. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'm a gum beater. I'm a guy who yeah. I don't have any other skill. I really yeah. don't think I yeah. have any skill other than none. I'm a gum beater. Yeah. I come in here and I just flap these gums <laughs> and I keep going until I hit something. And then people go, here's your cookie. And they kick me out of here. Yeah, man. And you can bring it back. And I think once people know you as a gum beater, Conan, you can embrace it. You yeah, know, like yeah. you can you can be the head of the association, you know. <laughs> so, 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 All right, everybody, quiet down. Saddle, and Settle down, everybody. And everybody's beating their gums. Everybody's beating nobody, their gums. You know, hey, come on. I know you're all very good at this, but come on. <laughs> We've had nine meetings of gum beaters, and we haven't and agreed on anything. One, I haven't got a word in as like, All the gum beaters are just talking. You know what I love? I love this one. To take a nap is to collar a nod. Isn't that yeah. great? That's yeah. I'm gonna go collar a nod. I don't get it. 
What do you mean? I'm going to go collar a nod, grab a, a nod, not uh, off. Nod. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I get it now. Get it. I'm yeah. sorry. I... You got to get outside more. <laughs> yeah. You got to hang with me and Cedric. Yes. We know what's, what's going you on out there. Know what's oh, up. these new generations. <laughs> they don't know shit. Collar a nod. You got to do it. <laughs> uh, jelly or jelly roll is sex. I knew that. Come on. Come I wasn't on, born everybody. yesterday. Yeah. That's, that's back. That's back Vogue. Yeah. <laughs> Bones or dice? Hey, I need some jelly roll tonight. <laughs> I've been beating my gums all day. Oh, wow. And then I call wow. it a nod, and wow. now I'm ready for some jelly roll. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, this isn't good? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crossed the line. Across the line? I said I was beating my gum and beating my gum. Oh, and my. now I'm ready for some jelly roll. <laughs> okay, I think I did this wrong. <laughs> Cedric, why did you give me these terms? Why did you write this book? You've ruined my life. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. That's funny. <laughs> a stroker, I love this, is a player who makes overly complicated bets and causes dealers to work harder unnecessarily, usually pissing them off. That is so specific. Yeah, that, that's like, you know, this is the guy that's like, yo, give me give me four on the hard eight, but take the two down, move that time, move that, move that nickel to the two, take this two. I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take the uh, the yo on the come out, but I'm gonna move this to the pass line. <laughs> you like? I've seen this too. Like you have, in, yeah, in, sure, in Vegas, sure you, have, you like yeah. yo, let, let, that's a lot, bro. Like I don't even know what's going on right now. Like you know, so and also the poor dealer just burned more calories and wasted more time for this yeah. guy's nickel. You know, yeah. whatever. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then he's gonna lose it all on one stroke and just curse everyone out after that. Well, I love, I, I just, I think it's very cool that you've written this and it's, and then it's a caper. It's a real story because yeah. main character, I won't give, I don't want to give away too much, but he gets in some trouble and he needs to come up with a lot of money or he's in real trouble. And then that's where the fun begins. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted, I, I love that. Uh, you know, I was really inspired by uh, the Walter Mosley books, those like Devil in a Blue Dress mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that, that, that character right there, the, 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 the Fearless Jones. He has a couple of characters that I love that kind of writing that, you know, that film 40s film noir energy. Sure, yeah. And, you know, it's just like a regular guy doing something and out of nowhere, he's in the middle of something super crazy. And that's that that's what we did here. So, you know, he's got a regular life that he does that that is, you know, in between the lines of good and bad, like being a good dude. And he makes a choice that puts him in deep. And now he has to kind of like. Uh, again, like he's always been a pretty much lucky as a gambler. He has to fight himself out of it. And so the caper j just digs him in a hole and it's so much fun. And we, you know, I just had a good time weaving the story. Yeah, how long did it take you to do this? Uh, it was over a year. It took a while, you know, it, you know, because, uh, you know, I had a, a great co-writer, uh, you know, who, you know, helped me kind of like take my ideas and then formulate this thing. So Alan Eisenstock, great dude. And we, we, we kind of like locked in with each other. And, uh, that's when it became, you know, it, it became just as fun. idea. we just took our time and, and made sure we did exactly what we wanted to do. Like I had it in my head, but you know, of course the, you know, the formula of writing a novel, I, I'm not a novelist. So, you know, but I think of stories very vividly. So that's how, that's so we just well, also, took our time and killed it. Rule number one is always write what you know. And you know Carothersville, Missouri, and you know this Fourth of July weekend, and is you really know these people. Yeah. So that's that you 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 knocked rule number one out of the park. You yeah. know, you didn't write a story about 
it's Mars. The year is 3,075. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no space. I, yeah, no, no, yeah, no space odyssey. I, yeah, I wouldn't That's know the what next to book. do. Yeah, same character. Though. Gambling on... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Mars. Yeah, hi. You got any jelly roll around here? Uh, you... <laughs> Gum flapper, you. You're... <laughs> You are making us uncomfortable <laughs> with your crude references to sex. <laughs> well, the book is, uh, the novel is Flipping Boxcars. And uh, I have to say, yeah. I, I was just delighted that you could come in. You oh, are man. you are such a funny guy and um, always, always killing me and uh, just such a great force. You are a force. Yeah, man, always, same thing, man. Always fun to be around you many years you know, back in New York days, and then when you came out here, yeah. you know, just so, so just always fun to be around you, man. You're a fun dude, and you, you know, like I say, I think that that really works. So it's weird that you don't have a lot of friends, Conan. I mean, <laughs> it's really, yeah. Cedric, if you hung out a bit, yeah. you'd see. Yeah. I, I can hold so, it. I can hold it together for an hour. <laughs> yeah, but like, no one in this room is questioning why I don't have yeah, a lot dude, of friends. Then it just get quiet. It just gets real quiet. Sit around. Yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's a bad. In the, of, in the middle of a podcast. You know, it's a bad sign when, when people who work for me leave the, just start to walk away during the podcast. What happened, Conan? Where'd they all go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of ran out of gas there. Yeah. No. Hey, man, definitely. Uh, definitely all right. And just work me into a cameo on your show. Whenever, when the strike oh, is over, fun, I'll man. come back. Because you've dealt with, you know, white people, but you haven't dealt with a really white guy. Like yeah, a guy who's like, go there. So, super white. Yeah, like you, so white that white people. White are people be like, of him. "What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> is he okay? Yeah, yeah like what's happening? Yeah, yeah. was it? We like, actually, yeah. I actually went. And, we're gonna have to move. <laughs> <laughs> we were shooting in Haiti, and all these, all these kids gathered around me, and they were touching my arms in Haiti. Yeah. And remember, and they were yeah. like looking at the the freckles on my arms. And then one man was just staring at me, and I said, "What are you looking at?" And he said. I want to know if you are well. <laughs> he thought I was sick. I'm like, I'm not sick. I guess I am. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of sick. Uh, anyway, Cedric, thank you so much for stopping awesome, by. Man. Thank uh, you, you bring joy wherever you go. And uh, and I'm excited for your book. Yeah, thank you, man. Pre-order it. Go to, you know, go go and get it now. Flipping man. Box Cars. Check Please, it out. Check it out, man. All right. Definitely, brother. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. This has meaning for me, okay? Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, oh. I just, it was like Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil. And not kidding, he is two years older than me. We are grown-ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Cap'n Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. Oh, my God. And we had it together, multiple bowls, and I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Cap'n Crunch, which is great. Then, oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> 
But when they came up with Oops All Berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh my God, peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at captaincrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Now ADT professionally installs Google Nest products so your home is safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, (laughs) and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications, like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. Mm. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. It's been a while, but you remember we used to listen to voicemails from people that would call in and we'd answer their questions? Yes, back in olden times. Yeah, well, we don't have any today, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Okay. Our system for collecting voicemails has failed us. What? And now we have a brand new phone number. Wait, I have a, first of all, Yeah. how long has this been going on for and why wasn't I made aware? (laughs) It's been going on for a while. Uh, (laughs) What kind of (laughs) shitty organization do we have here? Oh, a shitty one. Okay. Oh, oh, there. Oh, of the shitty ones, this is the shittiest. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Have people been trying to leave messages and they couldn't? I, I believe they either couldn't or we couldn't retrieve them because it had something to do with us leaving an old network that we used to belong to and, you know, company changing companies. Is it possible that people have been leaving messages out there for us and we haven't been getting them? It's possible. That's terrible. In fact, I'd say it's likely. That's awful. I feel badly. What if people were really needing us or needing our help? The number just got disconnected. People have not been leaving messages that we haven't retrieved. Blay, you're Blay. killing the drama. Oh, Blay, this is drama? No, I'm going to shut up. No, no, Blay, I'm glad. Oh, no, no, cut this Was part. This no, 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 don't cut it. This supposed to be dramatic. No, don't cut it. That, that, that's actually good information for me to have because okay. it would kill me if people okay. were leaving us messages. I have a need <laughs> to please... Blay, I'm glad you grabbed the mic in your Hawaiian shirt and told <laughs> it's, us. I mean, it's, eh, a it's, not bit, Hawaii, it's got flowers on it. And not bit, every flowered busy. shirt is a Hawaiian shirt. He's right. Thank you. No, sorry, Jerry Garcia. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> maybe it isn't a Hawaiian shirt. I, I, but no, to, I, sorry. To, just I don't mean to kill the I drama. I hope you can get the band back together. <laughs> you guys were really grooving there for a while. I am glad. And stop telling us what we can cut and can't cut. We're going to leave this all in. Okay. People need to know what a stumble bum you are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, don't worry. No messages were left with that you don't know about. It just, uh, just it, the number just It failed exist. a long time ago yes, and no one did anything correct. about it. Yes. I mean, there are messages that the listeners don't know about because I would say one out of every mm, 50,000 is usable. Oh. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to say. Why? Well, they're just sometimes raving lunacy mm. on there. And I'm, I'm not even joking. Well, wait a minute. Maybe my father's in trouble. 
maybe we should talk about some tips for the listener because we have a new phone number. Oh, we've got a new number. That if you want oh, to good. get your voicemail on the podcast, here are some tips. Yes, you know? yes. We can talk about how. We have tips? Well, I, I could think of a few. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. First of all, should we read the number and then we'll yes, read it again? Yes, I'll read the, the number. Okay. If you want to contact us or if you're a raving lunatic <laughs> that wants to scream into the void, call 669 587 28 Four, seven. That number again, mm. 669-587-2847. Okay. Keep it concise. Keep it friendly. Keep it fun. Those yeah. are my tips. You know what? I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that anyone who was calling and leaving angry, insane messages, I think your tip's probably going to change their mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, golly. I just said it. I Come and yell into the phone anymore about the spaceman and the dragon in my ass. Uh, best not call that number then. I'll try it again. Hello. How are you? I'm an Aries. Curious what sign you guys are. Your little tips will do no good. I thought we could also, because Sona's going to leave the outgoing message. Oh, I am? We can just do that right now and listeners can hear it and then we'll take that and we'll use it. Yeah, let's use it. Uh, Sona, five, four. four. Three, two. Hey, you you called us. And <laughs> this is why are you giving me the phone number? So you can say it. But they called the number <laughs> right. to get to the voicemail. Right. You're just congratulating them that they got it right. Hi, you called this number and you heard a dial tone. Not a dial. You heard the beep and then you're leaving a message. Keep it concise. Keep it concise. I'm friendly. And friendly. Say your name. Say your name. Hey, you might hear your message on the podcast. And we will get back to you as soon as we can. No, we're not going to get back to them. Are we going to get back to them? This is the worst outgoing message I've ever heard. This <laughs> well, is, I think, the worst outgoing message in the history know, of the world. When you tell me to do something like this, it gets me very nervous. I forgot Sona's personal little quirk is that if you give her a task, she's terrible! <laughs> Thank you for calling. <laughs> All right, well, listen, uh, reach out to us. 669-587-2847. That number again, 669-587-2847. Leave us a concise message. We'll get back to you. Or we won't get back to you, but we might reach out to you through the podosphere. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 669-587-2847 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, 
Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.